for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Vic Tafer, who covers the Las Vegas Raiders for The Athletic, about Monday Night Football Raiders and Chargers. Down from SoFi Stadium, the Raiders have been known to invade Chargers land, whether it's at Carson City, whether it's at Qualcomm Stadium. Raider fans show up big time for this divisional matchup. The Chargers coming off a huge win against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. The Raiders 3-0 for the first time in 19 years. A huge division game, national TV, Monday Night Football, all things we can talk about with Vic Tafer, who joins me next. Today is Monday, October 4th. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast Vic Tafer. He, of course, covers the Raiders for The Athletic. Vic, it's great to have you on, man. Last time we talked, I think it was offseason. We were ramping up for this year, and, and I, I don't know that either of us or any of us uh, thought that this is where the Raiders were going to start, man. How are you, and, and what's your take on the first three weeks of the Raiders season? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I think if you play it back, I think I said they'd be three and zero. I think that I said they'd be uh, up for the, de- the defense would be top notch, pass rush incredible. Derek Carr, player of the month. I believe I called all of this stuff, so I'm not sure what, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, look, I, I, Raider fans. I know Raider fans. Um. Uh, like in and of, of themselves are, are true believers of their team. A lot of fans, I think, crap on their teams. A lot of get really upset early on. I, I feel like Raider fans are all in no matter what, and they may tell you they believe this was going to happen and that they were loyal to uh, to Derek Carr. Maybe that's where we start. Why have they started 3-0? and Is it all Derek Carr? Is it the pass rush? Is it the defense? Uh, what do you think they can hang their hat on as far as this 3-0 and record goes? Yeah, to me, the biggest thing is the pass rush. I think uh, Derek Carr obviously has been great, but he's been good – in you know, the last couple of years, he was really good last year. So I think the offense was top 10 last year. Uh, they're also you know, off to a good start this year despite not having Josh Jacobs. But to me, having a, a pass rush that's formidable and kind of a threat all game long, especially in the fourth quarter when you have a lead. Uh, Max Crosby and, and Yannick Ngakwe have both been incredible. Great shape and just great motors. Um, and they kind of lead the whole the whole defense. And the whole D-line is like they're running about eight, nine guys. You know, their rotations are both – been crisp and just whoever has been in there has been really effective both in terms of pushing the pocket and also stopping the run. If I was going to play devil's advocate against that defense and, you know, giving up 27 points to Lamar Jackson uh, on Monday Night Football to uh, to start the season, I don't think was a, a huge deal. But you can look at this Dolphins game and say, yeah, you know, the Dolphins got back into this thing without Tua Tungavailoa. They did it with Jacoby Brissett. Is there anything, you know, a bad taste left in their mouth after that? I know you get out with a win and you think it's a good win, but what's your take on how that game wrapped up against the Dolphins? Yeah, I think if you ask Dolphins fans, they probably actually probably have Brissett over over Tua right now. Tua, there's not a lot of Tua fans in the world right now, but I thought that game it was a weird game. They got off to a bad start. The Raiders were down 14-0, and they totally took over. They had they were up 25-14, 25 straight points. Really were in dominant shape. The defense looked great, and then uh, you know they kind of got sloppy. I'm not sure. I mean, I think part of it was the defense got a little tired. They're on the field a lot that game. Also, it's kind of maybe they kind of let up a little bit, but in this, you know, the NFL, it's, it's a weird league, and the games are always topsy-turvy, so they kind of definitely put their foot off the Dolphins next that last quarter. But in my mind, it's never gone overtime. It should have won a regulation. That was a one small knock on that game. Maybe John Gruden got a little conservative also on offense, but um, to me, it doesn't really matter if it was Tua or, or Brissett. I think it's, it's a quality win over a, a pretty good team. 
it is funny when you look at the box score, you look at the numbers from that game, and you say, you know, Derek Carr threw the ball 47 times, but John Gruden did get a little timid on offense when it came to uh, to being aggressive with the play calling. 56 pass attempts in, in week one for Derek Carr, 37 week two, 47 in that last game against the Dolphins. Do you think the nature of, of the passing game right now is is they're relying on that because of the injury to Josh Jacobs, or is this just, just what they want to do? They want to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. Yeah, I think it's the first one. I think they, they've used a short passing game, kind of as a running game in a way for a lot of these games. I just think that I think Derek Carr's averaging 45 passes a game. There's no way in John Gruden's mind that's what he wants to do going forward. I mean, ideally, Josh Jacobs is back and we'll get that going. The balance will be better going forward. But I give John credit. He's definitely he's adjusted. He's gone with the flow of the games, kind of let loose a little bit with the, with the passing game. So I think that's a good sign for him. It's kind of really, despite the fourth quarter, you know, shut down a little bit. He hasn't wanted to push the ball down the field with his talented receivers. Going to be like it was down at Qualcomm Stadium or down in uh, in Carson City? Is it going to be a home game for the Raiders, you think? I think so. I saw one stat one of the ticket services had it was 74% was a projection of a Raider fan. So, uh, I mean, it was ridiculous at Qualcomm. I can't imagine it's that absurd the, the going forward now because it's a nicer place. You know, the Chargers are a better team. But uh, I still think it will be primarily Raider fans. I'm sure it's horrible for, for Chargers players to come out there and hear that, that crowd, but uh, it's been a huge factor in this rivalry over the years. Just one more as far as uh, Allegiant Stadium goes, the Death Star out in Vegas. Uh, you know, the knock on having a team in Vegas for so many years was that, well, if you if you have a team in Vegas, there, there'll there be no home games because every fan will want to hit the road and check out that road city because why wouldn't you want to take a trip to Vegas if you were going to go watch your football team play? Plus, everybody in Vegas is transplants, they say. To me, at least from, from the television side of things, it appears to me that's a legitimate home field. Like, Raider fans are loving it. The, the stadium is rocking. What's been your take on the first couple at Allegiant? Yeah, it's definitely a strong, still a home field advantage in terms of the crowd. It's, it's just a different vibe. Like, you know, the whole uh, the Oakland, the black hole, the greenness is not quite there. The black hole is still there in Vegas, but now it's kind of on the opposite end. And the primary end zone that the, with all that focus is, is a nightclub. So it's really like the huge nightclub kind of vibe throughout the whole arena. Like, the crowd's still very loud, but it's just different. It's different. And then uh, the other thing I've noticed is, like, a good number of opposing teams' fans are will come to these games because there's Vegas games, the kind of destination weekend for them from the circle on their calendar. So I think the Raider fans are definitely the loudest throughout the game. You hear them the most. But I'll say whenever there's an opposing touchdown or opposing big play, the roar of that section of the crowd is louder than I've ever heard in, in a game open before. So I think that's the one thing I've really noticed. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. It was pretty apparent that last week Peyton Barber was the number one, and you had Kenyon Drake sort of serving. I guess when they signed Kenyon Drake, I thought, all right, he's just going to be sort of that pass-catching back, fill that Jalen Richard role. He did play second fiddle to Peyton Barber. What did you make of Barber's performance, and do you think that even if and when Jacobs is back, if it's for tonight's game, they're going to lean still on Barber a little bit to take some of that workload off? Yeah, I think you've seen, like, with Drake, I mean, obviously the goal was having, like you mentioned, to be the more of a passing, you know, passing game threat. But I think this last game, they had to use Peyton Barber more than they wanted to coming in because Drake wasn't very good in terms of pass blocking. Also, the runs he had weren't very crisp. So I just think it's kind of surprising. And also typical of this Raiders team this year that guys who you thought were going to be the guys have not really been the guys. Other guys have stepped up. And Peyton Barber definitely stepped up, played well, ran the ball well, caught the ball well, and blocked well. He's a guy who was, you know, on the practice squad of the Washington football team a month ago. So... Another example of how the race of the head guy step up when he didn't know who that guy was going to be. 
And the guys who I guess, you know, they expected to step up offensively over the last couple of years in the receiving core, guys like Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. It's so funny. You take guys early in the early rounds, and it's like if they don't hit immediately or they're not contributors immediately first-round draft picks, then it almost feels like you missed on them a little bit. These guys are still very young. You had a great article uh, the other day about how they're off to a historic start for the Raiders. You want to tell me about that and what the development is you've seen between Ruggs and Brian Edwards and also having uh, Hunter Renfro out there. He's been a great little slot receiver for them. Yeah, like the, the first team ever to have four guy, four receivers with over 200 yards at this point in the season. So with Ruggs, I think last year was a combination of being the first guy, first receiver picked in a very deep receiver draft, and then all those, a lot of those guys had really good years. A lot of those guys, you know, Jefferson, Claypool. I mean, a lot of guys really stepped up and had big years. Or Ruggs kind of did not have that big a year last year. So I think there was a lot of criticism about him and the pick, and you know, John Gruden wanted his own version, Tyreek Hill, and maybe. That wasn't the way to go, but I think this year you see kind of why John did it. You see that the raw ability, the speed, not only that, but the ability. He's gotten better, you know, in terms of the inside routes. And last week he had two tiptoe catches on the sidelines. I think he's a good compliment going forward to Edwards, who's more of the bigger, physical kind of high point catch guy that you would need on the other side of the field. So I think if you're a Raider fan, you should be very excited about that combination. Those two guys, plus. You know, third down weapon, Hunter Renfro, who's always able to get open under 10 yards. Those three guys, definitely very young and very talented receiving core going forward. Yeah, then how about the receiving core on the other side for the Chargers? Huh? Keenan Allen and uh, and Mike Williams. Mike Williams has been like a deep ball threat uh, for for most of his career, it felt like. And now this year he's sort of turned into a legit number one. I mean, Justin Herbert having those two weapons. Uh, it's a dangerous offense. There's a reason they beat the Chiefs last week. What's your take on the Chargers offense and how they – not complement each other. How the Raiders' defense is going to step up against them? How they'll prepare uh, to stop this offense? Yeah, it's a huge test for the Raiders. I think we saw we talked about the pass rush, but also the secondary has been, to me, I almost say surprisingly, but definitely better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, Casey Hayward coming in, I thought maybe the Raiders have a, a tendency of, of signing these guys, a little older veteran guys. They want to bring in, be a leadership type. Those guys usually aren't very good. Usually they're available for a reason. You see the slippage. I, my my fear was Hayward would be the same kind of guy, but. He hasn't, but he's been kind of an elite cover guy so far. He's been a shutdown guy for them so far. So definitely a big test for him and Trayvon Mullen on the other side. So you mentioned Allen and Williams are definitely big, uh, big, big threats. Allen's a great route runner. Uh, Mike Williams is just a huge, just a beast kind of receiver. So definitely a great test for, uh, for those cornerbacks on Monday night. 3-0 for the first time in 19 years. Uh, you're right, this is going to be a big test. The biggest one so far, uh, I think probably, well, I guess, you know, opening night was a pretty big one against the Ravens. But let me ask you this, just on the way out. I, I think opening the season, most football fans and, and analysts would have said the NFC West on paper, probably the best division in football. Are we looking at the AFC West as sort of right up there? I think it's I think it's comparable. If not, like if, if the NFC West is 1A, I'd say the AFC West is 1B. The Raiders enter this week 3-0. The Broncos enter this week 3-0. And obviously you get the Chiefs there, who probably shouldn't be down near the bottom. Uh, and then you get the Chargers tonight. Your take on the AFC West and, and where it stands in football. Yeah, I think it is very good. I think one of the main reasons why is because of the quarterbacks. We got you know, Herbert, uh, Mahomes, and Carr. You got three of the top ten guys in the league right now. And then uh, Bridgewater's been solid so far. Bridgewater's been fine for the Broncos. I think for them, uh, there's more a question mark in my mind about it. Are they a legitimate good team? They've beaten nobody. They've beaten you know, three of the, the worst teams in the league. And so, and again, you play who you play and you beat who you beat, but – I'm not quite sure they're worthy of being in the, in the, in the talk of the other three teams, but um, just the quarterbacks alone to me elevate this, this division to one of the best divisions in the league.
Yeah, it's sort of funny. You look at the quarterbacks, and same with the NFC West. That'll tell you how good your division is. Vic, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, have a good time with the game tonight, and, uh, and we'll catch up with you again down the road. All right, man. Take care. Great stuff from Vic Tafer, and uh, should be a fun one. I'm liking get these Monday night Las Vegas Raider games, and we can do our podcast on every Monday morning and get ready for the Raiders on national TV tonight. On Wednesday, though, we turn our sights to baseball. Regular season is over. Postseason about to begin. Nothing like playoff baseball in San Francisco. We'll break down the Giants' first-round opponent. That's all coming up in the days and hopefully weeks for the Giants ahead. Until Wednesday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.